Gandhi had left his homeland in 1893 as a young, inexperienced, and timid lawyer, uncertain of his future. He returned in 1914 a man reborn, self-confident, proud, and experienced, with a strong mission in his heart. He was also a man with a global reputation as a leading Indian nationalist, rights advocate, and leader. So when his ship landed in Bombay in early January 1915, Gandhi and his wife were welcomed by a crowd as the news of the return of the Indian hero from South Africa had spread across the country. When asked by reporters about his plans in India, Gandhi humbly replied that he would pass some time as an observer and a student, for he had much to learn about the politics of the land he had been away from for over two decades. At least for a year, he meant to spend some time readjusting to Indian life. As one of his biographers noted, he had promised his political mentor, Gokhali, that he had make no political pronouncements in that time, take no sides, plunge into no movements. He had traveled the land, established contacts, make himself known, listen, and observe. In loftier terms, he could be seen as trying to embrace as much of the illimitable Indian reality as he could. That proved to be quite a lot, more than any other political figure on the Indian scene had ever attempted. Carrying the fame he won for his struggles in South Africa, Gandhi was invited to civic luncheons, tea parties, and talks where he was lauded as a hero. Gandhi's standard response was to deny such praise and instead point to the real heroes, the indentured laborers of South Africa. While he continued to travel throughout the country with his ears open and mouth shut, he came to observe two crucial conclusions. The first was that though there was no open and direct opposition to colonial rule, there was still an air of considerable distaste for the increasingly oppressive British rule among the Indian population. He also noted that political parties had emerged to oppose colonialism, among them the Indian National Congress being the most prominent. However, the Congress, founded in 1885, was largely ineffective, mostly due to its begging and demeaning methods. On the other end of the spectrum, terrorist movements had emerged, using violence and threats as tactics to attempt to achieve political change. Though Gandhi shared these movements' impatience and calls for immediate action, he strongly disapproved of their violent methods on both moral and practical grounds. Gandhi was well aware, from his experience in Natal, that violence was ineffective in achieving true and lasting change, and moreover detrimental in that it chipped away at the morality of the fighters. Violence also made it difficult to build up self-confidence, courage, and a capacity for concerted action among the people, as fear prevented any true unification. Thus, Gandhi believed that his method of satyagraha that he had developed and tested in South Africa was India's best hope. 